Good morning. Good morning. We are so glad that you're here today, whether in person or online. We are certainly glad that you've uh, decided to join us for worship and to exalt our, our risen Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. And what a good and glorious day it is today. As far as announcements this morning, uh, the, the main one is uh, we're having a back-to-school bash prep meeting tonight. Uh, we're going to try to put together some food boxes, the backpacks, uh, all the goodies and everything, kind of put the logistics in order for that. That'll be next Sunday from 3 to 5. So um, if you've not, uh, since we haven't been here in a couple of weeks, probably nobody has, but if you'll let us know, there's uh, some information on the bulletin. If you're online, uh, you're, you can download the bulletin uh, this morning as well. But if you would let us know if you can... Uh, help or participate in any of those areas next week it would mean a lot uh, so we can go ahead and get those names plugged in there's going to be a lot of stations um, a lot of activities and a lot going on for a lot of folks so we need a lot of folks to come out and and help be a part of that so uh, tonight at six o'clock will be the the strategy meeting and uh, putting together time and then next week from three to five uh, will be the event. So looking forward to that uh, this morning. As we begin our worship this morning, let me share Psalm 111 with you. It says, Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Greater the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds and his righteousness endures forever amen almighty god we do exalt your holy name this morning because you are worthy because you are god and we're not because you created us you are the creator god we worship you today god we worship the risen lord and savior who offers us the forgiveness of sin who offers us eternal life Father, today we, we acknowledge you as our Lord and our Savior. And God, open up our hearts, pour into us the Holy Spirit. Lord, and may we worship you freely and unhindered this morning. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Beautiful name. What a powerful name. Amen. As we look outside and we see the the storms coming through yesterday, it was kind of weird at the house. It thundered and lightened all day yesterday, but it hardly rained at all. It was kind of weird. Uh, but it rained through the night. It's raining today. going to rain the, the rest of the week, it looks like. Looks like hurricane season is in full force now, doesn't it? It's in full swing. We're, we're expecting the, the effects of Tropical Storm Fred to continue on through this week. And then, what is it? Tropical Storm Grace is on its heels. It's going to come next, uh, shortly after that. <clears throat> there was a, a team of us that went down to uh, the Gulf uh, after following Hurricane Katrina in 2006. And we did clean up there, and, and man, there was just massive destruction all over the Gulf Coast. <clears throat> people had to be, you recall, people had to be airlifted off their homes. Uh, new landscapes were formed as um, the 175 mile an hour winds and, and waves rushed across uh, the land, uh, just floating, uh, neighborhoods just floated away. Uh, we saw just piles of houses in some areas, uh, two or three houses just right up next to each other where the water just washed them away. But that 175 mile an hour wind and rain and destruction brought death to over 1,800 people. Perhaps the worst hurricane to hit that same area uh, was Camille, Hurricane Camille in, in 1969. One of only four Hurricane 5 uh, category fives to make landfall, and during this hurricane, there was a uh, a group of people that were preparing for the hurricane, but they weren't preparing to leave. They were preparing to party. They were having a a hurricane party in Pass, Mississippi. Interestingly, uh, in Pass, Mississippi, is where the Baptist men set up their their food stations uh, for the Katrina volunteers as they came down but anyway the people in this in this nice posh open front ocean front apartment they were they were partying okay they were going to have a hurricane party and they were ignoring all the the dangers and the warnings and the the calls for them to leave the the night before uh, or the night of the, the the sheriff came and and gave them one last warning <coughs> to tell them that the, that the storm was about to hit. The partiers, they were, they were amused. They laughed as the sheriff wrote down the next of kin for these 20 partiers. But shortly after he did that, and after he left about 10:15 that night, the hurricane with 205 mile an hour force winds and, and 25 foot waves washed on land, bringing death and destruction to them and, and to many more. So in that story, in a normal world, in a normal setting, who would you blame for the death of that party? Would it be the fault of the police chief because he didn't arrest them and, and take them out? Would it be the fault of the apartment owners or builders because they didn't make it strong enough? 
Or would it be the, the fault of the liquor store owner because he sold them too much liquor? Or was it the fault of the storm? And blame it on God. Or was it the fault of those who freely chose to ignore the repeated warnings of danger coming their way? Now, in a normal world, we would answer true to that one. In our world today, we might blame it on any of the other four. But we would say that it was, we would blame it on the people. They had fair warning. They understood the dangers. They knew harm was coming their way, but they chose to stay. They chose to, to face the dangers. They chose to pay the consequences of their actions. <coughs> we find in the book of Ezekiel, we find that, that, that Ezekiel was a watchman. He was a watchman. And, and the watchman would, had two responsibilities, was watching and warning. Okay, He would stand on the wall and look out across the landscape and be on the lookout, be on watch for any enemies that might, come, might be coming their way. Amen. And if he saw them approaching, he would, he would uh, uh, notify the city and the town and, and that way they could be ready and, and, and fortify themselves and arm themselves and be ready for the danger, be ready for the enemy as they approached. Amen. And so he was a watchman. He, was a, he, he sounded the alarm. Uh, he had to warn the town that they were coming. Um, and so the, the town could respond in a way that they could stay safe. Well, the name Ezekiel, if you want to turn, go ahead and turn to Ezekiel chapter 3. That's where we're going to be this morning. Ezekiel means God strengthens. God strengthens. Now, Ezekiel was born to a priestly family, but God chose to use him as a prophet instead to Israel. Israel had, uh, of course, was God's chosen people, but they continued to be disobedient. We see throughout Scripture they're disobedient time and time again. When they're not disobedient, they're complaining about something time and time again. But they had refused to repent. They had refused to, uh, to turn back to God and instead was going their way, going the way of the world without regard of what might happen. Amen. And so now Ezekiel, he was a, a, a younger commentary to Jeremiah. <clears throat> And Jeremiah ministered to the people that were still in Judah, but Ezekiel prophesied to those who were in exile in Babylonia. Ezekiel had received a vision of God's moral perfection, of God's holiness, of God's righteousness. And yet the people had sinned against this holy God. And it was Ezekiel's job to warn them, to tell them you're doing wrong, to tell them that, they're, that they've stepped out of, the way, out of God's way, out of God's path, out of God's will. That was, that was Ezekiel's job. And so we find the prophet Ezekiel fearlessly preaching on the street, fearlessly trying to warn them, you've done wrong, repent, come back to the Lord, come back to your first love. He brought a stern warning from God to the wicked people, telling them that judgment was coming, judgment was going to happen if they didn't turn, if they didn't return to the Lord. He warned them of the coming judgment if they didn't change their ways. 
He warned them that death and destruction would come upon them if their actions didn't change. God makes it clear as, as, as long as he warned them, as long as Ezekiel warned them though, he wouldn't be held accountable for their sins. God says, just warn them, just go out and tell them about the coming judgment. That's all I ask. But what if he didn't warn them? What if he doesn't warn Israel that they need to change? Does he need to come back to God? Well, let's read in Ezekiel chapter 3 and find out what it says about that. In Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1 and following, it says, And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Now this was the literal words of God, okay? To ingest the word of God. To make it a part of who he was so that he could tell the exact truth, the exact words that what he was telling the people was exactly what God wanted them to hear. Then go and speak to the house of Israel. Verse 2. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you, and fill your stomach with it. And so I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. And he said to me, Son of, God, Son of man, <coughs> go now to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. You're not being sent to a people of obscure speech and difficult language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many people of obscure speech and difficult language whose words you cannot understand. And so he's telling them, you're going to people, this isn't a bunch of foreigners that you're going to speak to. These are your people. They know you. They know your language. They're going to understand what you say. So surely if I have sent you, they would have listened to you. But the house of Israel, verse 7, but the house of Israel is not willing to listen to you because they're not willing to listen to me. For the whole house of Israel is hardened and obstinate. Amen. They've hardened their hearts. They've hardened their heads. They've turned. They don't want to hear anything from God. They don't want to hear any messengers from God. Amen. Sound familiar? Amen. Verse 8, it says, But I will make you an unyielding and hardened as they are. So you're going to be as hard-headed as they are. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or terrified of them, though they are a, though they are a rebellious house. And he said to me, Son of man, listen carefully and take heart all the words I speak to you. Go now to your countrymen in exile and speak to them. Say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, whether they listen or fail to listen. Whether they listen to you or not, you're supposed to tell them. You're supposed to warn them. In verse 12 it says, Then the Spirit lifted me, and I heard behind me a loud rumbling sound. May the glory of the Lord be praised in this dwelling place. And the sound of wings and the, of the living creatures brushing against each other and the sound of wheels beside me 
and loud, uh, a loud rumbling sound. The Spirit then lifted me up and took me away. And I went in bitterness and in anger of my spirit with the strong hand of the Lord upon me. I came to the exiles who lived in Tel Aviv near the Kebar River. And there where they were living, I sat among them for seven days overwhelmed. Now seven days was a time of mourning. It was, it was, he was sad. He was grieving over the people's rejection of God. And so he spends that whole week of grieving. It says, at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to a wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not warn him or speak out and dissuade him from his evil ways in order to save his life, that wicked man will die for his sin, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. But if you do, not, but if you do warn the wicked man, and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his evil ways, he will die in his sins, but you will have saved yourself again if you warn them verse 20 again when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and does evil and I put a stumbling block before him he will die and since you did not warn him he will die for his sins the righteous things he did will not be remembered and I will hold you accountable for his blood but if you do warn the righteous man not to sin and he does not sin he will surely live because he took warning and you will have saved yourself Amen. praise God and praise God's word, word this morning so we're going to look this morning about what happens when we warn people and when we when we don't warn people of coming judgment when we share with people the good news of the gospel and when we don't share the good news of the gospel. It says in verse 18, when I say to a wicked person or when I warn that wicked person that you will surely die. Look at verse, the second part of verse 18. <coughs> it says, if you do not warn them or speak out to dissuade them from their evil ways in order to save their life, the wicked person is going to die in their sin because you didn't warn them. But it also, it says, because you didn't warn them, I will hold you accountable for their blood. Amen. I want you to hear that. If we know someone is going down the wrong road and we don't warn them, we will be held accountable. But what if we do warn them? What if we do share the gospel with them? What if we do tell them of the coming judgment? It says, if you warn the wicked person that they do not turn from their sins or from their evil ways, they're still going to die in their sin. But you will have saved yourself because you told them about the judgment. He's talking about the sinful people, the wicked people. Now what about the righteous people, those that have gone off of God's path. Those who are backslidden and, and, and turned away from God altogether. What about if we warn them? 
says, if you do not warn, I'm sorry, <coughs> again, when a righteous person, verse 20, when a righteous person turns from their righteousness and does evil, and I put a stumbling block before them, they will die. Since you did not warn them, <coughs> they will die in their sin. That church member that hasn't, that's done away with church. Have, have we gone to them? Have we confronted them? Have we reminded them of their salvation and the hope that they can have in eternity? Since you did not warn them, they will die in their sin. The righteous things that that person does will not be remembered, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. Now, it doesn't say we've got to be all persuasive and, and, and do a sales job on them, be the number one gospel salesperson. What's it say? Did you warn them? Did you tell them about it? The rest of it is up to them, between them and the Holy Spirit. Like Preacher Gordon you say, that's between them and God. Okay? That's between them and God. But verse 21, it says, But if you do warn the righteous person not to sin, and they do not sin, they will surely live because they took warning, and you will have saved yourself. Folks, God's just calling us to share. God's just calling us to, 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 to make Him known to the wicked and the righteous. Make Him known to everybody. You see, spiritual uh, Ezekiel was a spiritual watchman for, for the people of his day, warning them of the impending judgment. And God knew they wouldn't listen. He said, we, we read it already. God says, I know they're not going to listen. I just want to make sure that they've heard the warning. The same is true today. They may not change. But God wants to make sure everybody hears the warning. Amen? Amen? And praise God for that. God knew they wouldn't listen. Again, but He wanted to make sure without question that everybody had a chance to hear the gospel. He was simply saying, telling them, warn them. Our job and our responsibility is to tell other people of the salvation of God, to tell other people about God's judgment, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, we're not responsible how they respond or what they do with it. Our job is simply obedience. That was Ezekiel's job, to be obedient, to carry forth the message, to carry forth the warning. Folks, that is the same message, that is the same warning that we're to give today. But we will be held responsible if we don't warn them. If we don't tell them about Jesus, we will be held accountable. If we refuse to tell others what we know, we're going to be held responsible. Amen. Just like the sheriff that came to the, to the hurricane party to warn them one last time, you've got to leave, destruction is coming. We are that last line of defense for our country today, for the lost world today. We've got to warn them. We've got to remind them that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming back. He's coming soon. 
destruction and judgment is on its way if we don't accept Jesus, if we don't live for Jesus. So can we ask ourselves an honest question today? Are we living in a wicked and evil world? Do you believe that that Christ is going to be returning soon? Are there people that you know that don't know Christ? Are there people in your neighborhoods, in your work, in your place of business, in the stores that you go to that you frequent that don't know Jesus? Maybe you say, well, Russ, I don't know. Well, the next question is, have you asked? So here's the question. Those people, because judgment is on its way, because Christ is soon to return, and we've just admitted there are people all around us that don't know Jesus, the question is, have you sounded the alarm to them? Have you been that warning? Have you trumpeted the call? Have you given them the warning? Why not? Why not? Bashful, scared. Oh, I don't know what to say. What's our excuse? What's our best excuse that we have? It's not good enough. It's not good enough. God's Word says if, we're, if we don't sound the alarm, if we don't warn the people that destruction is coming, we will be held accountable. What if? What if we were as concerned about Christ as we were about the coronavirus? You see, before February 2020, there was basically, nobody even knew what a coronavirus was, except for Shannon probably. (laughs) Maybe Pam, a couple of nurses here. Nobody knew what it was. was, But but today, it's it's a household name. It's a the topic of just about every conversation, isn't it? When this second wave started of COVID in in our community, it's impacted us as a church. It's impacted our, our community more than it did in 2020, for sure. People in our church were getting it, and they're still getting it every day. When it started hitting here that first week, my phone buzzed. It was blowing up. Did you hear so-and-so has it? Oh, I heard this person has it. Did, 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 Did you hear that? I heard that whole family's got it. Have you heard that? What do you know about that? People demanded to know who had it. It was the talk of the town or the gossip of the town. And to think about this one week, in that one week, I had one person in all of the text, all of the calls that I got, I had one person say, Pastor, tell those people I'm praying for them. Amen. 
What if? What if we spent as much time finding out if, if somebody knew Christ as we did to find out if they had COVID or not? What if we spent as much time finding out if, if someone was saved as we did to find out if they were sick? What if we were as determined to find out if our neighbors were, were plugged into a church somewhere as we were to find out why they went to the doctor? What if we demanded our, our hearts to be as deep cleaned as our church? What, what if we were purified our hearts as much as we wanted the church purified? What if we were as concerned that, that someone has Jesus in their life as we were concerned as they had the vaccine? What if we were as concerned with the unholy and immoral activities of our friends as if they were wearing a mask? What if, what if our, our government was so as concerned about the filth and, and immorality being spewed into society as it was about the mask covering? What if our government was as concerned about teaching the Bible like it once was instead of teaching about the vaccine? What if our schools, what if our schools taught the parables of Jesus instead of propaganda? What if our schools taught Christ instead of communism? What if? Think, think about it. What if what if we had the passion for Christ that we do for or against the vaccine or the mask? What if we had that passion as a body of believers, as a community, as a state, as a nation? What would our nation soon look like if we had that compassion and that passion for Christ and for other people? What if our churches, what if we really were concerned about making Christ known more than COVID. Amen. Folks, everybody's worried that somebody might get COVID. Everybody's worried that, that, that they might get COVID, and rightfully so. It's a a terrible disease affecting our church family in incredible ways right now as I speak. But the main question is what does it matter if they get COVID and they die without Christ? Are we more concerned with Christ or with COVID. Folks, we are the spiritual watchmen of our day. We are the ones to, war to, to warn our world of Christ's coming, of God's judgment, of saving salvation of Jesus Christ. We are to tell other people of that. And our world is being turned over to the power of Satan every day. Sin is, 
is rampant. Evil doesn't even try to hide anymore. And wickedness is everywhere. And so what if? What if we don't warn them? Verse 18, it says, If you don't warn them or speak out to dissuade them of their evil ways in order to save their life, that wicked person will die from their sins. And I will hold you accountable for their blood. In verse 20, it says, Since you did not warn them, they will die in their sin. The righteous things that person did will not be remembered. And I will hold you accountable for their blood. Is your heart ready to warn them today? It's our duty. It's our obligation. It's our, it's our responsibility. For you, who is it that you need to sound the alarm to? Who is it in your life that, that you need to sound the alarm to? Whose eternal death? Whose eternal death will you be accountable for? During our hymn of invitation, would you come and just pray for a purified heart? Would you pray for that one person that it's on your heart and on your mind right now? That one person that you need to sound the alarm to? If you can honestly sing our hymn of invitation, Have Thine Own Way, I want you to do that. But if not, I want you to spend time in prayer getting your heart ready to sing it and be ready to, to respond with a passion for Christ, to respond in a way to, to make a, to, to trumpet the call, the warning call to those around you. Have thine own way, Lord. You are the potter, and I am the clay. Mold me and make me after your will. While I am waiting, yielded and still, search me and try me. Wash me, touch me, heal me, fill me with your Holy Spirit till everyone only sees Christ living in me. Can you sing that this morning? As you prepare your heart to make that warning known to the people in your life, or maybe today you've heard that call, maybe today you've heard that warning and, and you need Christ in your life. You can have your sins forgiven and and receive eternal life. You come and put your faith and trust in Jesus. If you're online and want to do that, 
send me a, an email. Write it in the comment box. But we are the watchmen of today. We're to be watching for the evil in our land. And we're to be warning those of the coming destruction. Who is it in your life that you need to warn? Almighty God, the prophet Ezekiel brought forth a loud and convincing warning to all the people in the land. The judgment was coming. As a watchman of our day, God, looking out across our landscape and seeing evil everywhere, God, we're reminded that we are the watchmen for today, that we are the ones to sound the alarm. We are the ones to make you known to that lost, dark, evil, dying world. We need to put on our big boy pants and be the believers you want us to be. To be the children of God you want us to be to be the example for others that you want us to be so that we can warn those across this land so that we can simply share with them and tell them, oh, Jesus loves you. This I know for the Bible tells me so. God, we need you today more than we could ever say, more than we could ever explain to you. And so, Father, we pray today, God, that you would open our hearts as we welcome you in. God, that we might spark revival in our hearts. God, we love you. We're looking forward to your soon return. Prepare our hearts, God, but allow us to help prepare others as well. Of course, in Christ's name we pray. Amen.